Ladies and gentlemen, greetings and salutations. Happy New Year. It is 2019. The Ooh. first episode of 2019, in fact, of the Innkeeper's Guest Book. It's Big Freddy, the Innkeeper, the Illustrious, the Man, the Myth, the Mystery. The Legend. The Legend. Yes, indeed. Legend in the making, you know. I don't want to jump ahead of myself. The Rundown, you know what it is. Union Inn, 1112. 1114 3rd Street Northeast steps to Noma Gallaudet Metro. Nice brisk walk to Union Station and a leisurely jog to Capitol, Capitol Hill right down the street. We have with us the number one, the number one fan of the Innkeeper's Guestbook podcast. At least of 2018. You're funny. It's 2019 though. But I was the number one fan of 2018. But they're hearing you in 2019, so it doesn't you've matter already when they hear me. So it, I'm I'm gonna be the number one fan two years in a row. Well, you know, is that what you're it, saying? If you keep it up, you know, got to got to keep your chops up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got to listen to all the all the episodes. You got to like all of them, comment, all that good stuff. I feel like that means other people need to step up, try to take my crown. Hey, you said it, not me. But right now, you're number one. And I was telling her today, the fact that she has been the number one fan for me during this time has meant just as much, I'm sure, as people getting a million followers. Because I know there's one person out there that is actively listening to these podcasts and enjoys them. It isn't just a a fact of, oh, I'm trying to just be a friend and help. It's like, no, like it's a good podcast and you're a cool dude. However, I can help. It's meant a lot to me, eyes, and I thank you for that. You're welcome, sir. So this is the best of 2018 podcast. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back through the highlights of the year. We're not saying this is a complete list of all the best moments. What we are saying is that these are moments that stuck out to us for one reason or another. We're going to do brief snippets of them, and before we introduce each one, we're going to talk about just why we felt that those were good. So the first one involves... The beginning of the podcast. It's funny because I didn't even have the innkeeper's guest book name of the podcast finalized when we did it. You can hear it right at the beginning. And it's also the only episode thus far to have its own intro music. Uh, technically, that's not no longer true. Well, I'm saying like set intro music that was in the background. That not like true. Not like somebody singing like in episode 31 or uh, someone us playing a YouTube clip like we did at the beginning of, uh, was it number seven yep. with Q and uh, number 21 with Tamara? That is true. I think it was, yeah. But anyways, um, please listen to the beginning of it all. Ladies and gentlemen at home, do you hear that beat? Do you hear that beat? This is the first episode ever of proprietary knowledge and I don't even know if that's going to remain the name but that's where we are where we are physically is right here on 3rd Street Northeast Washington D.C. sitting here with my man Jerry yo yo what's up D.C. do you hear that beat do you hear that beat this genius right here genius Jerry no no it's it's you know what it's these cashews I'm <laughs> it's these cashews <laughs> son so I have absolutely no idea how to use Ableton. I have no idea how to use Audacity. I don't even know how to make the mics show up on either of these. And then Jerry showed up. No, no. You're going to be a master by the end of the day. I hope so. So, call it about a little over a year ago. When I we just started renting out next door, 1112, 1890s row house, which is amazing. Which is amazing. We got the modern outhouse. You got the Victorian bathroom, you got exposed brick, you got lighting in the walls, in the walls. Anyways, um, he came and stayed with us with a bunch of his friends, man. And oh, he's man. that was the best place. One of the coolest guests I've ever had stay at the house. Yeah, that was one of the highlights of me ever coming to D.C. And I've been to D.C. a few times, but staying in your place, that, that was a great experience. Yeah, I really appreciate it, man. A lot of blood, sweat and tears in there. I'm glad we put some smiles on some faces. So, fast forward a year now, he hits me up on a text like, yo, Fred, we're coming to D.C. I said, no doubt, man. We got the cozy pet of tea up and running. 
And in the front, we got the podcast studio. Podcast. Yes. And I hadn't even recorded anything yet. And I was just about to go online with everything. And now here it is, April 2nd, 2018. Jerry's in the building and he said, So Fred, let's 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 get up and running. I was like, man, I don't know what the hell did, how to view any of this stuff. He's like, I got you. And then 15 minutes later, man, you're hearing us. You hear that beat. What's up, Jerry? Yo, yo. <laughs> what brought you to DC this time, man? Shout out to Jerry. Um, you know, love Jerry, man. Like for real. In fact, uh, in the beginning of these podcasts when I was doing them, he was actually the one that was editing them. Honestly. Uh, people like him, people that have come on the podcast in season one, people like you, eyes. I, I wouldn't be able to do it without y'all. So uh, this podcast is just as much a uh, recap of all the best moments as it is a big thank you note to everyone that's been involved. So the next one that we're going to go to is one. It's funny. It's an episode that I recommend to a lot of people. It's episode number 16 of the polyamorous couple. Thoughts, eyes. So it's definitely one of my favorite episodes. Um, just the definitions of things that they use and their opinions of why they do what they do. If you are curious or you've never heard the term relationship anarchist before, you might want to listen. So you have two partners. One of them asked to see you Saturday at nine and the other one asked as well. So I think one of the biggest things in poly relationships that you have to do is set guidelines and agreements which are essentially rules, but we hate that term, right? Um, so it really depends on your relationship and the agreements. Um, if you have a primary partner and they're your primary partner, they come first. If you're into hierarchy, clearly they would come first. So you would go see your primary partner first if you do that sort of poly. Now, hold on, folks. Uh-oh. 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 Your okay, let's go. We, we forgot to mention those polyanarchists out there that just relationship anarchists it, oh man what they don't do whatever they want <laughs> yes they do okay this is like total passive aggressiveness because you think i'm a relationship anarchist I never said okay that. what is a relationship anarchist a relationship anarchist is essentially somebody who does not put their romantic relationships don't come before their friendships and they really relate to each person in just the special way they relate to them and they it also does not involve hierarchy it's on a singular level, folks. Basically, they do what they please, no. and they just keep it pushing. <laughs> I think the problem is with polyamory, it's such a loosely defined term. People just define it for themselves. That's why I started with Friends with Benefits. Well, it's a it's an umbrella, and it has different styles. I, I personally think uh-huh. that hierarchy can be problematic. Okay. I think, and I used to be a super into hierarchy right really yeah just because i feel like hierarchy exists naturally in our relationships okay um just in general like you're gonna save your mom before you save one of us you know what i mean like there's just a natural hierarchy she you know somebody comes first but um i don't know i think that it can be dehumanizing i think referring to another person as a secondary partner can be problematic next clip it's my personal favorite of all the episodes, uh, of all the guests you've had so far, I enjoy listening to the ones with Q. So much so that I begged you to make a second one with him. And you begged me to shout you out, have him shout you out. First of all, on the second I episode. never said that. <laughs> you offered to do that on your own. Um, yes, I did. I was just excited that you got him back in there because I wanted to hear more about his particular career and just listening to you both just nerd out back and forth towards each other. Yes, indeed. And there will be a part three and hopefully a part four. Hopefully he can be a recurring guest on the podcast. Like for real. That makes me excited. Him and I skim the surface of nerding out. Give it a listen. The scale of machine learning and AI will eventually make obsolete a lot of jobs. And the one thing that a computer cannot do is pick a random number. Um, Even when you have a random number generator on any sort of thing you have, what that was was some programmer putting... I don't know how many sheets of numbers mm-hmm. randomly down mm-hmm. and then the random number generator just goes to the next number oh, that boy. this person so, did. So we're going to do this now. Okay. So, all right. So this is the thing that really, really messes with me when it comes to the idea of randomness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the title of the book, 
Um, however, I will I will bastardize the title of the book or the at least the, the content of the book in order to use the title of it, which is Fooled by Randomness by Nassim Nicholas Taleb, also the writer of The Black Swan and uh, Anti-Fragile, um, a great uh, uh, trilogy. No, it's four books. So um, but uh, the trilogy will do the better prostitutes. Yeah, whatever. Um, so. This idea that like. A computer can't select a num- random number. Well, you, I, let's not point it at you, right? Let's point it at me. We could do the universal royal you, yeah, but let's just point you. it at me. So let's <laughs> point it at me. I am not going to. I've made my choice before I've uttered a word, before I become aware of the choice that I've made. So the idea of free will, my free will has already been processed by my organic structure of a brain. So now it's just a matter of that signal going to, because uh, I believe in the separation of mind and brain. I think they're two different things. I'm on, I'm under that school of psychology, right? So I study it that way. I think about it that way. So once that signal comes out, boom, my brain has a whole host of like history and emotions and feelings and preset ways of doing things. And now I arrive at what I think to be my unique random number or choice or yes, no, maybe blah, 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 blue, purple, pink, whatever. Nah, it's not random. Matter of fact, if I had if I had an fMRI or if I had electrodes hooked up to my head, somebody would tell me what my choice is before I even arrive at it, before I even utter it, before I'm consciously aware of it. So like the the but idea- did your subconscious derive that number from a random source? It's 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 as random as the what the 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 theory, the hypoth the premise. There we go. The premise would be no. The premise would be that your random number comes from pre comes from a bunch of experiences that you've already had, and therefore whatever shows up next, whatever shows up for you next, arguably you've already have agreement with before you become aware that you're going to say the number two or three fifty seven or whatever that random number of digits is. The only person that's not aware that it's showing up is you. Like your conscious mind is unaware of what your subconscious has already decided on what is going to be, quote, random, end quote. So while I am an illustrious podcaster, I'm also an innkeeper. Been doing so for the last five years now. Uh, It's actually the catalyst for starting this podcast, hence the name. Uh, So it's always, always, always a pleasure when I have other guests that are innkeepers. There's a lady, Deborah Phillips, who came and stayed with us for a little over a week, actually. We had a number of conversations, uh, but she's on the West Coast and she has a house in Pacific Palisades, uh, which is just north of Santa Monica, but south of Malibu. It's one of my favorites, uh, but this is kind of like a, a, a teaser for the remainder of the episode. We really talk a lot about her house in Pacific Palisades and her experiences as a host for uh, short term rental guests out in California. But yeah, give uh, this one a listen. Kind of early on, we had a young woman come staying with us. She had uh, actually rented an apartment through Airbnb to herself in West Hollywood. And she was auditioning uh, for parts here in the United States. And she called us one night and said, can I come and stay with you immediately? And we said, yes. Um, And she had had a bad experience where she was staying. So she moved to where we were and she was downstairs in one of the bedroom bathroom suites. And... uh, it ended up that she's a very, very famous actress um, and star in Austria and Germany. Uh, her name is Miriam Weichelbronn, but she's sort of like the Oprah of that area. She interviews all the important people, and she hosts Dancing with the Stars, and she hosts the Academy Awards there, and um, very famous. And she stayed with us for about a month, and I mean, she was just lovely. We had a lovely time, and she stays in touch, and comes and visits every time she's here and if she can stay with us she does and um so we've become friends with her and uh we we created a little video about our house that we have online and she uh, i'll put that in the show notes agreed to be our host in the video explaining you know this sort of showing off the surroundings and explaining you know how the rooms all work together and and us and what we provide and Mm -hmm. so that was very nice so we go from one German guest in a house on the West Coast to one of 
a German guest that stayed here at the house. It was actually one of my overall favorite favorite guests that have ever stayed with me, uh, podcast or not, uh, Tamara Vukar. Like literally, I truly feel like I have a uh, a very, 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 very good friend over in Germany that I can just talk to about anything. She grilled you a lot. And she came with questions too. Like that's part of the grilling. But the questions is not what we're going to talk about. What we're going to talk about is uh, American exports um, to Germany from a capitalist standpoint. Money. All about money. Halloween, bachelorette parties, and weddings. What do those have in common? They are all like stuff that was brought from America to Germany, mm-hmm. which we Germans sometimes like we still are like is that a thing and why is that a thing you know that conversation started when we were standing at your fridge you were making some coffee yeah and then there was this save the date card on your fridge from a couple that was about to get married and on the back it was written see the details on our wedding website and i was like wedding website yes what is that yes and then we came up with that and how you said that the the guests coming to the inn who were about to have a bachelorette party yes. are always worse than the ones having a bachelor's party. Because <laughs> at the bachelorette parties, there's a lot of... Glitter. All over the place. And balloon strings. <laughs> and balloon strings. And balloons. <laughs> and random numbers and letters. Like paper numbers and letters. <laughs> they leave all kinds of stuff. And you said that the bachelor parties there were better because... The bachelors, they just wanted to have a place where they could sleep. Yes. And they didn't touch the room. They just <laughs> fell into bed and were like, passed out. Yes. And they wake up and they're like, okay, where's the next adventure? And what about Halloween? Yeah, Halloween, that hasn't been a thing like five or ten years ago. And then you have those people now, like parents or like people that are older. And the children are coming to the doors and they're ringing the bells. And they may wear those costumes and they say trick or treat and the people opening the doors are like what <laughs> what, what do you want mm-hmm. now <laughs> why, uh, why do you wear a costume now what is the trick or treat in german okay it's you you have to say that okay süßes oder es gibt saures try that süßes oder es but i digress <laughs> She makes fun of me for saying that so much. <laughs> but hey, what's it's the drinking thing. game? Yeah, like every time yeah, he says, now. I digress, you take a shot. But I digress. <laughs> so not only eyes, but also uh, Tamara, Tamara Thompson, who was on episode 25, brought up uh, a phrase that I say quite often throughout the podcast. And that is I digress. Yeah, I do. But I do digress because I I go on a lot of tangents of things and sometimes I can't necessarily tie them together. And so that's that's my default transition phrase. I digress. I digress. Which should be like the ultimate podcast drinking game. Yeah. Every time Freddie says I digress, you take a shot. I at least have to drop it at least once or twice, you know. You do. I'm I'm for the people, though. You do that in normal, though. Like normal conversation, like before the podcast like you really actually say that in everyday life that is true so i digress i had a round table of a number of people that came into dc they were basically showing their support for daca and trying to have boots on the ground to try to make get get regulations and laws passed with respect to daca and uh something that i've always and you can chime in any time you want, you know, saying I don't I'm, I don't want this to be a Freddy this is, rant. This is a Freddy rant. <laughs> this is a Freddy rant. We'll get to that later too, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but one of the things that I've always thought about with America is that America hasn't reconciled whether or not it is a nation of the descendants of the forefathers of the framers of the Constitution, or if America is, as I was saying, a nation of immigrants. So I felt that be a great chance to get some intellectual answers on that. So actually the US government has clarified that for us, the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services has removed the quote, we are a nation of origins from their mission statement. So 
Yeah. When, when was this done? Question, a couple of months ago. Yeah. Totally got swept over, but that is no longer in the mission statement. America's I think we can just clarify for the average person listening to this podcast. What do we think about the idea nation of immigrants? I mean, that's not completely correct. Yeah, I mean, like, indigenous people lived here before any immigrant came here. And then many people were forcibly brought over as slaves. So I don't, I mean, as an immigrant, I don't feel comfortable with the idea of talking about America as a nation of immigrants either. I think that leaves out a lot of people. The whole United States is a nation of immigrants framework. Where it falls apart is the fact that it ignores the fact that people were here before European settlers, and not only that, is that it was built mm-hmm. upon like the blood and sweat of slaves that were forcibly brought here, mm-hmm. and they they aren't they aren't immigrants, you know, they didn't come here seeking a better life; they were forced here. Yes. Mm-hmm. And to suggest that America was built on every on immigrants, which is a word, it's a phrase used by people like rich white old men <laughs> today. To suggest that oh it was these Europeans European immigrants that brought their like immigrant skills over and developed America to where it is today, you know? Okay. I think versus that it's more interesting to think of like an American history, legal history, like what is a citizen? Okay. You know what I mean? There's like if you look at immigration mm-hmm. legal history and immigration laws, like we the first ever exclusionary law was excluding all Asian people was the Chinese Exclusion yeah. Act. Actually yeah. specifically the Page Act of eighteen seventy five excluded sorry, Chinese, Chinese women because yeah. they thought they, they were, were all prostitutes. prostitutes. Yeah. Talk about sexualizing Asian women. Wait, wait, <laughs> and wait, wait, also wait, then with again, the please? stereotype of Asian men becoming fem- like emasculate, you know. Yeah. Wait, yeah, so Please repeat the Page Act again. So it was the actually the very first exclusionary immigration law in the United States called the Page Act of 1875, where they denied Chinese women entry because they claimed that Chinese women were prostitutes who would come to corrupt white American men. And how long was this law in the books? This was in 1875. I don't know how long it was law for, since like there was a big overhaul of the immigration system in the 1900s. Okay. But that set up the grounds for the Chinese Exclusionary Act of 1882, which then set up ground for like the many, many exclusionary and immigration laws. And that's in place till 1965. Yeah. The point is that after mm-hmm. European European colonization, the concept of illegal immigration never existed until they realized that people other than Europeans were settling into America. Once they realized that Asian or Asians or Africans were settling into America, that's when they, you know, decided to exclude certain people. And that's when the term illegal immigration even, you know, started to be circulated. Yeah. No, you're right. And I'm I'm glad you all brought that up because semantics is extremely important. And my apologies for using nation of immigrants because I never, I never, no, I I never thought about it that way in terms of the framework in which you're looking at what an immigrant is. Mm-hmm. I feel like you, rant, you rant all the time. Yes, I do. I'm just trying to start a rant. <laughs> you're trying to get me back, right? I'm trying to get you. I'd have, I'd have listened to your <laughs> motherfucking ass go off on sushi. <laughs> you gonna listen to me? Well, yeah, I like when you went off on sushi. What like when it? you talk about Japan. Like I feel like when you any time that you mention it, which you mentioned it definitely in more than one episode, you could hear like the travel in your voice like the fondness that you had for that particular trip yeah i will say it's made me want to go to japan a little more than i had wanted to in the past tell you so uh episode one uh shout to jerry again jerry you are my man we gotta get you back on the podcast for real but uh i don't know how we got to talking about japan at all but we did it was a good rant what's another what are some other rants that uh stick out in your head i think anything anytime you are talking with q and nerding out like it's like a journey like you guys start on the letter a and end up in star wars it's a beautiful thing but yeah listen to me rant because this is the rant of 2018 anyways getting back to what i was saying i went to the uh the here we go the Shizuki Fish Market. Oh, right? nice, nice. Yeah, where um basically all the fresh fish arrives. Yeah, um, the markets in Japan. Oh, amazing. dude, yeah. dude. And so I ran into some guy that was there. Yeah. Um, and he spoke fluent, you know, English. I want to say he was uh, Asian American that was visiting uh-huh. there. Yeah. So he was like, "Yo, man, this this spot right here." It was like it was a line for this sushi restaurant that was in there. 
right? Right. And it was just me at the time. So I was able to actually get in because it was just one person. And it was right. like a sushi bar, literally, with maybe like eight seats or whatever, right? Yeah. So I was able to get in in between, in between parties of like, you know, three, four, five people. Right. And what he was like was like, man, this is the best... This is one of the best sushi restaurants in all Japan. Mm-hmm. I was like, word? He's like, yeah. But the thing is, is that they're, the sushi restaurants in Japan, it's not like there's one sushi restaurant that's better than all of them. They all do a specific type of fish really good. Right. So he's like, this was the best one for Toro, which yeah. is the fatty tuna. Yeah, yeah. And he, and he had like a map of like all the different ones. Like this one yeah. is really good for like yeah. uni. And this yeah. one's really good for oh, sake. Cool. Yeah. And I was that's like, good. man, that's yeah. amazing. Like I need yeah. to like, that should be a bucket list thing. To just be yeah. Like, just spend some time there. Go through all the different places. Like spend a month in yeah. Japan and just be like, I'm going to every single best sushi restaurant for yeah. the t- type of fish that I like. Mm-hmm. Right, and right. And so when you were talking about the mics, yeah, it's kind of like if you want to do live recording, if you want to record instruments, if you want to record, you know, right, whatever. Right. Yeah, the different mics for all yeah. That stuff. So for a <laughs> podcast, what would be the best mic? Like a Shure mic? Uh, you know the uh, I would I would pick the uh, a mic that EV makes. I believe it's called the RE20. Uh, that's the mic I would recommend. Or the Shure SM7B. Uh, they're both similar mics. Uh, they're both widely used in podcasting. Okay. Yeah. So it's interesting you said that because the EV, yeah. there's an EV mic. Remember I told you the live recording when I went to the uh, March for Our Lives? Yeah, that's... Uh, that was an EV mic. Yeah. And it was like a field recording mic. It was right. so good. Yeah, Like yeah. it just... It, it, it shut out all the background noise, yeah. but did so in such a way where it was still like there, yeah. and it kind of provided the background, like the yeah. background noise that we have, <laughs> the, the, the background uh, music that we have here. Nice. I, I like how you kind of brought. We went down this like, we yeah. went down to Japan, and then we, we brought it back. Yes, to I the did. Mice. Yes, I did. So smooth. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I'm circuitous with my shit, but no, that was great though. Yeah. I love the journey. <laughs> Gotta take you on the journey. Yeah, that's what this is about, right? That's Mauritania, Senegal, the Gambia, Guinea-Bissau, Guinea, Sierra Leone, Liberia, Mali, Ivory Coast, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Togo, Benin, Niger, and Nigeria. In case you're wondering. There's nothing like West African hospitality. These people would give me like the shirt off their backs if they could and if even if it's literally their only shirt like they fed me and they're like subsistence farmers who could like barely even feed themselves you know um i've never known the type of generosity and also just the type of friendliness And that's, and this is a little kind of different, but that's also where I learned the art of conversation because, how do I say this? There's just not, there's not a lot there. Like, I mean, yeah, there were actually a couple of TVs, like little black and white TVs in the village. You know, you might get the car battery, hook it up at night and maybe watch the news or something. But for the most part at night, we're sitting around like a fire and we're talking, sharing stories, talking about what farmer one did to farmer two, like what kids are, what the kids are doing, like whose wife is cheating on him or not. <laughs> you know, it's like the human experience. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's just not a lot to do. So you just, you talk. And you sit around and you talk. And there was a lot of nights where I just sat and I still couldn't even speak Bomber correctly. And I just sat and I just listened. Um, But, you know, also sitting and listening, I remember there were certain times where my host mother would share some really like, oh yeah, she would start gossiping with me about things going on in the village. (laughs) There's always always one in the village. And you know what? And you know what? You also start to realize that everybody is the same. I remember the one moment where I started realizing um, just how similar every mother is. No matter where the mother is, like in the entire world, one of my host's little brothers, one, one of my host's brothers, he was little. He was like maybe eight or nine at the time. He was like, 
hey mom I wanna can I get some change I wanna go buy like oh wait no I think she was gonna send him to the little store in village it's a tiny little place where you could just get like some just a couple things and she's like hey Thomas go buy so and so and he's like cool she gave him the money and he goes like and she's like straight there and back don't play along the way (laughs) and she was so scolding but it had gone to a point where it's like I started understanding what she was saying to in Bombra even though she wasn't talking to me and she was just talking to the kids and I was like every mother would say that pretty much shout to Ross Paget. for those googling it it's Ross like sauce r-a-u-c-e and then Paget with two t's and a d before the g I'm not spelling spell the other it word for right. P A D G E T T. He's actually episode number two. His brother's friend saved him. He put him to task and said, "Oh, word! You really miss it? Do you want to? Do you want to be a professional, or you just want to treat this as a little hobby or a little sidebar of your life?" A couple years later, he's on the radio and he's on tour doing comedy. This one is sentimental to me for someone like me who was early on in my journey and to be able to have a conversation with someone like him at that point, it was exactly what I needed at that point to get me to, you hear me, my voice right now. Experience at the time. How long had you been doing stand up at that point? Six or seven weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was my like, sixth yeah, or you... seventh time ever doing stand up. Wow. Okay. And then from there you just stopped for a year. Yeah. I was like, Hey, yeah, maybe this isn't for me. And then I moved in with a stand-up comedian, and he was my brother's friend. And uh, he was doing stand-up, and he came home. I'll never forget it. He looked at me, and I asked him how the show went. He goes, it went good. And I said, I miss stand-up comedy. And he said, prove it. Check me, dude. I was stuck. I had to follow up with my words. So I started doing stand-up again. That's what got you back in. Yeah, he said, prove it. Wow. And now here I am on your couch at the DC Comedy Fest, checking out Cherry Blossoms. Checking out Cherry Blossoms. Life is amazing, man. It's been fantastic, and I've been incredibly lucky thus far. See, there was a comic that he said something that motivated you that ultimately changed the direction of your life. That's true. But that's also him probably, in my opinion, and that's subjective because every opinion is subjective, is that's him being a good human. Me calling me out on my shit. There you go. There you go. Oh, you miss it? <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> so the most recent episode that's come out as of now is episode 31 with Stephanie Arudia Kamu. I really, 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 really like this episode. And uh, I appreciated this little snippet right here. It's, it's, it's good life advice. If I work out today... It doesn't, and I don't work out for the rest of my life. It, it doesn't mean anything. If I work out, you know, today and I work out tomorrow and I don't work out for the rest of my life, uh, you, you feel pumped for those two days, but then, I mean, there's no real, what's the end game? But if you do those tiny things, but once a day for 60 days, 90 days for the rest of it, from day you you it's nice to be able to see that how this small thing in the grand scheme of things has led up to a big a big result or big gain and that's and that's what it is for me that's what i'm learning because i'm saying i'm talking a big game now i'm just learning from 30 years of mistakes of like not focusing on the big picture and not looking at the small steps that lead to the big picture it's like listening to tim ferris and like really reevaluating where I am and where I want to be and what I've done and what, you know, has worked and hasn't worked. I'm learning that the small steps are just as important as the big ones. It's easy to leap, but if you, <laughs> it's easy to, it's easy to like want to leap from one thing to the next. But if you don't have the tools to make that, a, that leap, then you're going to fall to the ground. I'm, I, in my head, I'm imagining someone leaping from building to building. And I imagine you don't just do it on the first try. I'm thinking that like you've gone to the gym and you've like practiced leaping from building to building and you've like built up some kind of like, you know, intense muscle memory to be able to do that thing. That's where I'm going from there. Or you have Morpheus as your mentor. Or, or that. I was going for an X-Men thing too. <laughs> Unless you have like superhuman skill that you need to like build 
build those muscles. And it, As everybody knows, who's listened to the podcast, there are seven questions that you ask every person. Uh, some questions are answered the same. Some questions are answered different. Uh, these are the seven questions. And I think our favorite clips that we've kind of listened to and agreed are probably the top answers. They're, they're answers that stuck out to us. Okay. Uh, that we felt were intriguing answers that kind of, uh, if you want to blurt out for a second, uh, standard deviation. These are two standard deviations away from the mean. So we're going to go in order the questions. Question number one is the book that you would add to the library above the fireplace. That honor goes to Alfonso Grevilla. He had a really, really, really good answer. Um, it was very succinct, unlike me during this podcast. And uh, it's actually a good book. I can agree with Question that. Question number one. Mm-hmm. That library right there that's on the mantle above the fireplace. What's the book that you would add to that library? So I will recommend uh, to everyone, not only you, everyone. It's it's a book that had a lot of uh, positive impact in my life. Very short read. It's called The Four Agreements. I'm not sure if you have heard about it. It's a very short read. Uh, and the four agreements, I, one of them, if I believe it's uh, be impeccable with your word. The other one, it's uh, don't take anything personally. The third, it's uh, don't make any assumptions. And the fourth, it's always do your best. And that's a book, uh, it was recommended to me by my therapist many years ago. Um, and it was just a fascinating read. You know, I was like, why is this book not like super mainstream and not just recommended to you in high school, you know, when when you're when you're learning about this stuff, you know, were you able to Miguel find Don Miguel Ruiz? Yes, Is Don Miguel Ruiz. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. So it's it's a great read and, and highly recommended to everyone. You know, the things you you will read there, right? It's it's just something you can apply to your life. Question number two: Podcast to subscribe to. The winner is LeVar Burton Reads. Not one, but two different episodes recommended that the listeners subscribe to that podcast. If you want to find out why, check out episode 13 and episode 25. There you go. Right, Nancy? LeVar Burton Reads. Okay. I love that man. LeVar Burton Reads. Reading Rainbow, Star Trek. I mean. And Roots. Roots. What can you do? You know, yeah, right. yeah. Gotta love Roots. Got to. Um, <clears throat> so, does he read books? Does he read this fiction is, that's out there? Does he read... It's um, hashtag reading rainbow for adults. Okay. Um, he reads short stories of all genres. Okay. And these are short stories that you already know, or are these short stories that are just um, coming to him some from of them, like original content? Well, some of them I was familiar with ahead of time. I had heard of the author... Um, or I had read it in a collection, but all of these um, stories that he is sharing, and he's on season two, I believe he'll be starting season three soon, um, they're from short story collections, so they're, they're stories that have been sometimes written years ago, or, or even just a year ago. Okay. So is it a Jory LaForge connection, or do you like his voice, or? I like everything about LeVar. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my favorite pod- podcast is LeVar Burton Reads. That is the second time that has been recommended. Really? Mm-hmm. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? What? I'm seeing him Halloween night here in D.C. He's, he's here. Gonna, is he going to be doing like a live recording mm-hmm. of? All right. Mm-hmm. Now, are you going to dress up? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really much of a Halloween person, but okay. I'm looking forward to the story. Okay, so what is it about this podcast that people are drawn I don't know. to? No, it's just so good. He's just such a good like narrator, and the way he like reads, and then the stories that he picks are just so good. All right, so question number three: something that you didn't know that you needed until you got it. Besides Bose, yes. Speaker. Besides the Bose speaker, uh, one that stuck out to me in particular, and one that I have actually used as an example, as the intangible example when I talk to guests, is uh, from episode number 13, which is Fatherhood, Cliff McKay. It's going to sound like I made this up after what she said, but I had thought of my, my uh, kids or children. Okay. Not like I was anti-children, certainly. I just didn't think about it much. I didn't 
I remember thinking, I only want two, maybe, three, you know, grudgingly, three. But uh, I think being a father has taught me to be more, you know, obviously patient, um, giving, you know, uh, sacrificial. So I think I needed that. I think it's just easy to think, well, you're going to map out this life or something, and I didn't realize, well, it's, uh, or maybe I didn't uh, sometimes think about having kids as soon as we ultimately did, but it was just the perfect time, so. Well, shout out to April, Nick, and Lucas. We love you. <laughs> shout out. Question number four, bucket list place to travel, Africa. People are sleeping on this. Like, seriously, you yeah. are sleeping on Africa. Yeah. They think that it's like you go there and there's just nothing. And it's like, oh, I'm just going to, like, walk around in the bush. I'm not going to see villains and starving kids and blah, blah, blah and disease. No, Europeans have been vacationing in Africa forever. Yeah. And, like, there are resorts. There are beaches. There are wonderful rest. Actually, I think that's some of the best sushi I've ever had in Dakar. Wow. I mean, probably outside of like Japan or whatever, but like it was amazing sushi. And it was like at a restaurant that was like Africa, right? It's a pretty large place. Right. So, I mean, it's it's kind of a non answer. Um, (laughs) Is there a specific country or even city? I can give you I can give you a couple, but I I think people just need to go to Africa. Right. (laughs) I mean, um, I just think that a lot of people just don't have a conception of of what that continent is means in terms of size a lot of people don't even understand that yeah. you most, know most globes don't accurately even show yeah they don't understand yet. like the magnitude of, of of africa and how many countries it has in it how many cities it has in it what how the many, population and the how many other biological ecological diversity yeah. the um i don't know what's what would you call human diversity that's in that con- i mean it's it's just extraordinary and i think that just to go wherever people go um, put foot on that soil where people came from, right? Man came from there. Um, it's just relevant. 50 mile detour restaurant. This is a restaurant that if you were 50 miles from this restaurant, would you would go there. And my particular favorite answer to that is there is no place that I would drive 50 miles <laughs> to detour to go eat at. <laughs> Because I'm one of those people who like to be on time, and I feel like taking that 50-mile detour will put me behind. It's episode 31, by the way. 50 miles off, like, off track? Like... Says the woman. No, that's a lot. Who has cold showers in the morning. That's not... Only to put throw pillows on her bed. Right, but that's... Half of that is, like... Majority of that is function. There's a reason, but like, there's food along the way. Like, you can stop at a McDonald's, or you can stop at like, not, let me not do McDonald's. You can stop at a nice restaurant on the way. Fifty miles. Yep. Off course. Nah. So you're not a foodie. I am a foodie. I just haven't had. You wouldn't go fifty miles was, to eat somewhere. I haven't gone to a place that I'm willing to go fifty miles off course. If I'm supposed to go here. And there's a restaurant that's 50 miles in like the op west or in the opposite direction. That's north of Baltimore. Like, wow. It's good. I haven't, I haven't. Do you have a place that you're in real life? Chris Hills in Silver Spring. 50 miles. 50 freaking. You would go, f- no, you wouldn't. I would walk <laughs> 50 miles. And yours, Freddie, what's your favorite? I taste delicious. The second place that I would do is also in Colombia and Medellin, and that's in Cielo, which means in the sky. Okay. There's another Costa Rican, I mean Costa Rican, there's another Colombian inspired restaurant. Mm -hmm. And their big thing, not their big thing, but one of the things I enjoyed was they brought out uh, a bowl and they said, take off your watch and your bracelet and your cuff and stuff. And, you know, ladies, take off your rings and gentlemen, you know, if you have any more stuff, you can put your hands out over the bowl. Mm -hmm. Put your hands out come around with this this gravy boat and they pour chocolate on your hands okay and you're like oh great now i'm gonna have to like wipe this off with something yeah your mouth <laughs> then they're like there this is for the cocoa beans that are here in Colombia. blah blah you know all the rest of these things and you're like oh this is great so who's gonna clean this up 
And then they're like, so, you know, the chef wanted you to have a clean, once you have clean hands for, you know, when you have clean hands for this event. So we also want to celebrate the coffee. So they pour coffee, ground coffee on your hands, fresh ground coffee on your hands. So you're like, okay, now I got chocolate and coffee on. You want me to exfoliate my hands? All right, great. So we start rubbing our hands. They're like, rub your hands together. They're like, this is cool. You know, my, your hands are going to be really soft. And you start noticing that they're picking things up. And then you notice that they're leaving. And the lady turns and she says, and now you will be, now you'll be left to lick off your hands. And so you're licking off chocolate and coffee grounds from your hands. And, you know, for me, I'm sure there's someone in the internet right now that's like sitting there going, oh, this happens to me every day. But for me, I was like, this is who's going to clean this up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not licking. You just got me to. Get, so, by the way, I am delicious because if you. <laughs> <laughs> Because if, if you cover my hands in chocolate and coffee, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but no, all jokes aside, uh, it's uh, man, it sounds very romantic. Like if you went there with your like on a honeymoon oh, or something yeah, like that, yeah, oh, yeah, baby, I, go ahead, lick my fingers. I felt terrible being there with clients, but at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I found out I was delicious. So, <laughs> the final one, we're gonna lump this into one whole little snippet intro because I was about to fall asleep. She's about to fall asleep on the therapy couch. Therapy yeah. couch. Yeah. So, so comfortable, man. So comfortable. Both these go to one person. And I, I wanna I wanna caveat this by saying I love every single one of y'all that has come on the podcast thus far and given me your answers for number one skill and number one talent. We're not trying to say that uh this one's better than yours or anything like that. But they're just so far unexpected that I I it puts a smile on my face listening to them. And it goes to Episode 20, Pamela Poon. Shout to you out in San Francisco. Just 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 listen and you'll get what I'm talking about. Number 6, your number one skill. This is your number one honed craft. <laughs> this is so weird, but um filleting fish. Oh. Because of poke. Okay. I had to help my boss fillet fish. And because we have such a high turnover, like in terms of we sell so much fish mm-hmm. that I have to do it really quickly so I can fillet a fish really quickly now. And so, now I have carpal tunnel because of it, actually. Wow. Yeah. So in a given shift, how many fish were you filleting? Um, well, I'm not sure in a given. Sh- OK. And within an hour, uh, I can cut up like. 10 salmons okay and are you using but with a tuna no unfortunately that's why it takes so long butter knife (laughs) literally at one point it was like a butter knife wow because you just go so fast and like you sometimes you lose the knife sharpening you're like oh shoot whatever you just keep cutting Um, isn't there a special knife for that though yeah but it 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 wears out really quickly to be honest and in if if you have like other people using knives they just don't know how to keep it well so you end up not buying expensive knives yeah in okay. the kitchen um okay. yeah but um for tuna which is like 40 pound tuna that takes a while i think that takes like 20 30 minutes for me yeah but you know how to do it but i know how to do it now yeah so if you ever go on a fishing trip like you are the MVP. yeah 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 yeah, but that being said, I really would not volunteer. <laughs> I think I'm so done with cutting fish. The smell. <laughs> I'll tell you what's going to happen. You, you, you're not going to do it for like another 10 years. Yeah. And then oh. you're going to go on a fishing trip and be like, oh, no, no, I got it. I got it. Let me show you. Boom, <laughs> boom. And people are going to be like amazed. Probably. Where'd you no. learn this amazing yeah, skill? Yeah, 10 years ago when I was a manager at right? Pretty Please. So you said, no, this is really weird. I was like, oh, well, no, we've had some weird ones. I went, not weird in a bad way. <laughs> Like I'm saying, like I was not expecting filleting fish, <laughs> but that's awesome. So I want to let you know that in the future, when guests are saying like, "Oh, number one skill," I'm like, "Yeah, we had somebody say filleting fish." <laughs> that's gonna happen. I'm telling you. All right, last one. Number one talent. Um, this is your innate proficiency. I'm well, not much anymore, but I was always really athletic. Okay. Yeah. What'd you play? everything but <laughs> no seriously everything um but my main one's badminton very stereotypical really? but <laughs> yeah uh, that's, that's um, okay. at one point i was really i was trying to i was trying i was thinking whether to try for the olympics or not okay yeah but then um i this one summer i went to china 
you know, played with a family friend um, in the gym, a random gym. The guy before him uh, was like not wearing a shirt while playing. So all the sweat dropped on the ground. I slipped, twisted my knee, (sighs) ankle, and I'm like, I'm done. (laughs) Yep. After that, everything was, this is why you wear shirts to soak up your sweat when you're playing. Wow. Yeah. From then on, after that, it was never the same. So uh, I just How kinda, old were you when this happened? Um, eight, 18, 17, wow. 18. So I was really thinking, like, maybe I, you know, to go for... Now, and then from then on, I just focused on biotech. And I'm like, screw my life. I'll just party. No, I'm just kidding. When was the last time you played? Oh, long, long time ago. I gave up. Like, well, the last time I played for fun was like a year ago. Okay. And you were just mashing on everyone. No, 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 no. I lost all my agility, you know, response. You don't have to lie to listeners at home. You played, you're right-handed? No, I'm left-handed. Yeah, so you played right-handed, didn't you? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> That's what happened, I pretend. Right? <laughs> but it's it's very interesting because you, you forget that you are physically a lot slower, but yeah. mentally you tr- you respond this as just as fast as you were when you were younger yeah, it's so it's called getting old I, i'm so sorry no you don't have to apologize <laughs> <laughs> you're not the first person to do that so there you have it ladies and gentlemen the first year of the innkeeper's guestbook podcast is officially done and you know what it's gonna go down as legendary because this is the genesis this is from where it started it's the foundation number one's always best yes it is so I've said enough. Are you sure? I feel I, like there's a couple more rants in you. And mind you, this is my number one fan, by the way. See? This is the fans I got. You know what I'm saying? They're like, yo, Fred, shut up. <laughs> First of all, I feel like me telling you that you talk too much is the best thing in the world. Because you know it comes out of straight love. Oh, we're just tr- we're a literally steel sharp and steel. We're just trying to provide the best thing that we can for you, for your for your audio listening pleasure. If you're ready for more Freddie rants. Get ready for 2019. Yeah, get ready for 2019. We got some Freddy Rants for you, for real. They will come. Yeah, they will. They will be strong. Hey, and they'll be succinct, too. How about that? They'll be. They'll pack a punch. Eyes, you got any social media or anything you want to plug? Not right now. Uh, so, on behalf of Eyes, I'm Innkeeper Freddy. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of the start of something beautiful and world-renowned. I can't wait to see you in 2019. Actually, no. It is 2019. So, continue to listen. Got any questions about anything? Holler at me, uh, innkeeper at unionndc.com. That's U N I O N I N N D C.com. Love to hear from you. Let's get it. she say it like that how did she say it did she say yes freddy depends on the 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 lady or is it more like yes freddy i thought we were talking about my rants (laughs) oh we are talking about your rants okay let's go rant 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 rant